In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a huge guest I've been trying to get on for the last six months, and we've finally done it. I'm here with Dan Oloski. Dan, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Excellent. Are you currently in the car at the moment? I am. I'm driving, I'm driving home from an ESPN show. Excellent. I'm going to talk about ESPN a little bit later, but it'd be great just to understand your first time you've been on the show. It'd be great to understand just how you beca- uh, your quarterback career and how you ended up at ESPN. Yeah, so you know, I've been playing football my whole life. I started playing as a kid, about eight years old. Um, I went to college on a scholarship for football to the University of Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut, which is basically in New England in the States. I played football at the University of Connecticut. Uh, I was drafted by the Detroit Lions in 2005 in the fifth round. I think I was like the 145th pick of the draft. I was there for four years. And then from then, as a free agent, I went to the Houston Texans down in Texas for two years. Went from there to the Indianapolis Colts, played with Peyton Manning. From there, down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, down in Florida, back to the Detroit Lions, and then briefly with the Los Angeles Rams when they went from St. Louis to Los Angeles. So 12 years in the NFL, mostly as a backup quarterback, started about 20 games or so. Played for a bunch of different coaches, a bunch of different offenses, a bunch of different players. Played with Calvin Johnson and Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson and Peyton Manning and Matthew Stafford. I played with some really, really good players. And then when I got done being a player in 2017, I transitioned to really with the use of Twitter and social media, started started to break down football for people and, and how it works and why it works. Uh, different plays against different defenses and from there kind of opened some doors to a bunch of different television networks in the states and I now work for you the NFL and college football awesome and I must say I love your work you break everything very simply and we're seeing you pop up more and more on uh, on uh, TV thank you very much I, I, I have a lot of fun doing it I was as a backup, I was very much so prepared to know football a little bit differently and communicate football a little bit differently because you got to communicate it to a bunch of different teammates as a backup. That's part of your job. And so it really prepared me for the job and the role that I have now. I've got to ask you, I will never be drafted in my life. I'm 38. I'm too old. How was it for you on draft night? Um, my draft night was not a great experience. Actually, when I was drafted, so the draft now is Thursday evening, first round. Friday evening, second and third round. Saturday, four through seven in the free agency. When I was drafted, it was a Saturday, 
first, second, third round were all on Saturday. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round were on Sunday. So I was drafted Sunday because I was the fourth round or fifth round, kind of around midday. So um, it was just disappointing because I thought I would get drafted earlier. It was emotional in a in a disappointment aspect, and then emotional as as a pure jubilation aspect. Um, something in a, in a day that I, I, I often think of and, and will never forget. Yeah, I, I can imagine, well, I can't really imagine it, but I get the impression that you, you think you may be going in your, your second or third round and then some guys get don't get drafted at all. They must be soul-destroying and then they've got a superly hard work on their career to be successful. Yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people think when these kids get drafted or like when I was a kid and got drafted, it's all, man, a culmination of months of hard work. For a lot of us, it's a decade of hard work. Like, it, it goes back to starting as an 8, 9, 10-year-old, and you start working then in, in many ways and start dreaming then. So it's a, it's almost half of our – over half of our lifetime of work and dreaming and suffering and, you know, sacrifice and whatnot. And then that moment, you know, hits you, and, and sometimes it's a great experience and sometimes you're disappointed and whatnot. Obviously, a joy and a privilege to be drafted at, at any moment, but there's a lot of emotions tied to it, surely. With the games you play, did you ever play a game against the Browns? Yeah, I, I played against every team in the NFL, so played some games against the Browns, played in Cleveland, great football city. In Cleveland, you know, I played most of my career in Detroit. I get the bad rap some, in some parts of the states. You know, get the bad reputation, the same for Cleveland, but Cleveland's a great city, great people, hardworking. Um, six months a year, it's a beautiful place to be, which is the case for a lot of areas in the country because the winter. But, um, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to play a couple times then. I saw you on ESPN saying you predict the Browns to come uh, 12-4. Why, why have you got to that prediction, uh, Dan? Well... I look at this team that was seven, eight, and one last year. Um, out of those eight losses in the tie, four of those games happened by 11 points. So, you know, you swing some of those games and make a kick or something like that. You're looking at eight, nine, ten wins last year. This is an improved football team from top to bottom. Freddie Kitchen took over, and and last year, after he took over, and now he's the head coach. They've got a really good defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes. We've got head coaching experience. Modkin as the offensive coordinator can call plays. Uh, everyone knows the talent they have offensively with the addition of Odell, and, and they don't have a flaw of their offense. Good offensive line, great young quarterback, skilled players galore, pick your poison as a defense. And then they've added to this defense. Olivier Vernon's playing. He's going to get – one-on-one -on -one blocks a ton because Miles Garrett opposite him. And then Sheldon Richardson. This is a secondary that's going to get better because of the addition of Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward being older. So it's just a team without a lot of flaws. And their schedule, and I know it's a difficult schedule, but I, I got to 12 by going, all right, they'll lose on the road in Baltimore, tough division game. They'll lose on the road to Pittsburgh. They'll lose on the road to New England. And then they have Seattle and the Rams both at home. And I thought they'll probably lose one of those two games, both good teams. 
And that's why I pack them at 12 and 4. It's very uh, optimistic, and I like your uh, style there, Dan. Um, myself, I've gone with a bit more conservative, 10-6. Um, but I think the swings there, I, I, we could definitely go 13-3 and three if we have a great season. So, um, yeah. Um, Dan, um, you, you, you're on the same team as uh, Josh McCown. How was that, ex-Browns ex player? Yeah, I, I had the fortune of, of playing with Josh McCown. Um, I, you know, Josh is a great football player, a great athlete, a very, very good thinking about the game of football, understanding the game of football. He's an exponentially better human being. Uh, just a great guy. He's one of my good friends. I learned so much from him as a person, as a father, as a husband. Somebody who's very strong in his faith. Um, I, I, he is. He is one of the, you know, people that I was fortunate to be around that I learned so much from, that I gained so much respect for. He's. He's one of the special people I was fortunate enough to come across. Yeah, I think a lot of Browns fans were wanted him to be the uh, mentor to uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, but it just didn't work out like that. Surely, yeah. I mean, but they've got Drew Stanton, Drew's another guy that I played with, um, very much so cut from a similar cloth of Drew, uh, Josh McCown, a great person and uh, certainly a valuable asset for Baker. The Browns have currently got four quarterbacks on their 90-man um, roster. Who do you think will be the um, third quarterback that will make it through? Um, Well, I mean, the, the good thing that you, it's not a concern, right? Like, you don't have major concerns of who your starter or your backup is going to be. You don't necessarily, like, it depends on if they're going to keep three. Um, that, that's part of it is, are, are, are they going to be an organization that keeps three? I know they did last year, but, you know, Baker's a year older. Uh, Garrett Gilbert is a guy that, again, I played with. Physically talented, he was part of the AAF in the States, which is the American Alliance of Football for a brief moment. Had some good good showings there, but he's a big, strong, kind of highly touted guy that had some success in college and then has had some moments in the NFL, played for Carolina, I believe, and, and did some good things. And then David Blau from Purdue, who uh, comes from uh, – you know, some success in college, good athlete, but was really an RPO-based quarterback. And that's, you know, run-pass options, not going to be a ton of what Cleveland does. My, my guess is they only keep two quarterbacks and keep David Blau as a practice squad quarterback. That's a guess here in May. But I wouldn't be surprised with if, if they keep three and, and one of those two is uh, on, on the final roster. Interesting fact. Do you think that they could potentially uh, cut um, Stanton to save some money or he's just so ir irreplaceable as a mentor to Baker? No, you're not cutting Drew Stanton. Too irreplaceable, not only for Baker, but for everybody on your football team. Remember, this is a football team that has some youth to it. It's also a football team that needs some good veteran, veteran presence and veteran leadership because of all those different, strong, alpha male personalities and Drew Stanton is going to be a great sounding board and a a, uh, a logical thinker for not only Baker but everybody on that football team so Drew's going to be there 
Excellent. One question I've got for you that's not Browns related is, what do you think is going to happen with the uh, Redskins uh, quarterback room? They've got great big powerhouses in there now. Yeah, I mean, Alex Smith unlikely to play this year uh, because of the injury, which is obviously terrible. Um, Case Keenum is a fantastic, perfect uh, veteran, willing to be a mentor, good enough to play guy. Um, Colt McCoy is, is somewhat of the same cloth where uh, good enough to go out and play football, but also willing enough to be a great um, teacher to Dwayne Haskins, their first round draft pick, number 15 out of Ohio State, who's got a bright future. Um, so it's a healthy room of the veterans that you want that are going to be willing to help. But if needed to play or if that's the way that they go, are good enough to go out and play good, solid football and give your team chances. And they should have um, really unmeasurable impact on Dwayne Haskins. Who do you see being the quarterback week one? Well, you know, Dwayne Haskins is smart enough to handle being the quarterback week one. Um, is Colt McCoy healthy? We won't know that because of his leg. Uh, I get a little concerned with putting Haskins out there until I see, you know, some of their younger skill players be healthy and perform, until I see Josh Doxson be healthy and perform, until I see Paul Richardson be healthy and perform, until I see a Terry McLaurin be healthy and perform, Reed be healthy and perform. I don't feel great throwing the rookie out there whether I think he's ready or not. So um, until those guys – to me through camp and preseason that they're going to elevate their game. I keep um, Dwayne Haskins on the bench, uh, but that's Dwayne Haskins. Excellent, Dan. Thank you very much for that hot take. And uh, Dan, what, what games do you think you're going to get to this year? Do you think you'll get to any of the Browns games? Um, I don't know what my fall is going to look like. You know, uh, ESPN has got some moving parts with some of their people and their games and their packages and who's going to do what. So I don't be able to know what studio I'll be a part of yet. So hopefully that kind of gets resolved really over the next six weeks or something. I would love to get to a game. I, I, I've obviously am a big fan of what they've built in Cleveland, but I, I don't know if I'll be able to get to any NFL game, let alone a, a Cleveland one. Okay. I'm putting my um, travel plans together at the moment. I'm looking at, from London, trying to do eight games this year. That's awesome. That's a, that's a lot of travel. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a money well spent, and hopefully they, they do, do their part as an organization. And some game, I have to play two games in London uh, as a player. Played against Atlanta in an incredible, epic game where – we kicked the game. We went down 21 nothing, and then kicked the game-winning field goal as time ran out. Uh, when I was at the Lions, Crater kicked the game-winning field goal. We stayed at the Penny Hill Suites. Lovely. Out in the countryside, which Lovely. was beautiful. And then I uh, played another game there when I was in Detroit. We played the Chiefs. Uh, we stayed at the Grove, which was outstanding. Uh, um, and we got beat up pretty good in that game, actually. But uh, both experiences in London were – we're absolutely fantastic. How did you find it as a player 
in London versus being over in the States? Yeah, it's difficult, right? There's challenges to it. Your body clock is off. Your routine is off. You're in a different setting. Uh, but there's also a lot of cool things to it. I mean, just take a step back. You're getting paid to play a football game in London, you know, one of the iconic cities of the world. And so, you know, if, if, you, if you're able to remove some kind of just um, – you just remove some kind of preconceived notions away from it, it's really cool. The people – uh, love you out there. It, they, they really love the game of football. It's so cool to interact with everyone over there and, and embrace the culture in many ways and allow them to embrace you and, and learn. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a little bit easier to do, I think, as you're a little bit older. I was older when I was over there because you're a little bit more mature and know how to handle some stuff. And I loved my time there. And uh, my wife was able to come out for one of the games that we got to share and experience in London together. And so, a uh, great admiration for Europe in general and, and the people of London and, and the culture and city and, uh, and uh, just thoroughly enjoyed it. Would you like there to be a team based here in uh, London? Heck yeah. I think it would be great. I think it'd be great for the NFL. I think it'd be great for players. Would there be challenges? Of course there would be. But uh, I think it'd be awesome for the growth of the game and the, and the growth of the game is specifically in Europe and, and certainly in the London area and the England area. And it'd be great for global. I mean, it'd be awesome to expose everybody to something that I think is an outstanding game. And I know that London and Europe and, and England certainly have rugby and, and football and, and in, the, in the form of soccer. But, um, yeah, I, I think it would be awesome. Well, over here, the games sell out in an hour. Every single game sells out in an hour. So uh, there's huge, huge support here in uh, Europe for NFL. That's awesome. And it, it, I'm telling you, my two experiences over there, I'm not surprised that it sells out because the, the true um, just fascination from the fan of the game and the athletes and everything that goes into it stood out. Excellent. Well, Dan, I hope your drive goes well and thank you very much for coming on the show and hopefully one day I get to meet your wife and yourself over here in London. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. And Dan, thank you very much for the patience finally setting this up. Thank you. You got it. Thank you, but I appreciate you as well.